So we have a lot of folks out today, and I know they're, of course, all going to be listening to this uh, after I record it. So we're going to say hi to everyone on three. Ready? One, two, three. Hi. Very good. As many of you know, I grew up in Ferndale, a small town south of here that's part of Glen Burnie. And near my old house was a factory, and I passed by it hundreds of times. But darn, even to this day, I don't know what they did in that factory. I never knew anyone who worked there. But there was some comfort in what was familiar about that factory, especially when you're a kid and you think that the life around you is, is never going to change. I knew the factory was there, and I figured it would always be there. So a few months ago, I drove past this factory. You can see it from 97 South as you're going further into Anne Arundel County. And I saw that it no longer existed, but it had been replaced with a massive self-storage business. Now, this kind of gave me some chills because when driving home from New York back in October, I noticed for the first time many similar self-storage places sprouting up off the turnpike where industrial buildings used to be. And it kind of made me sad. I mean, here we are in the United States, and we're watching manual labor jobs disappear at a very fast rate. John Blottenberger used to say to me that when you grew up in this neighborhood, you could walk outside your door and automatically find a job. You could find it at the many factories around here. You could find it in the shipyards that used to line the harbor. Those days are long gone. If you find a job in this neighborhood now, consider yourself lucky. Most of us work outside of it. But if you have extra stuff to store, I know plenty of places you can go. Now, I realize that the decline of manual labor is not wholly a bad thing. And yet I find it telling that many manual labor factories have been replaced by storage businesses. For even though the gap between the haves and the have-nots has gotten wider and wider, we all still have so much stuff. And of course, this is the season to buy even more stuff. Amazon and other companies no longer even hide the way they prey on our greed. Black Friday deals tell us now to get yourself something. Treat yourself. And it works. I am living proof. I mean, have you seen the deals they've had on books these last few weeks? Two shelves full at home is not good enough for me. Please give me more. Because being a pastor full-time and a father and a husband, I obviously have enough time to read everything that I own. No wonder I am one of John the Baptist's brood of vipers. I live my life in relative comfort seeking pleasure at the exploitation of others. And then I come to baptism thinking that that will make everything okay. I'm not concerned about the guy that he is preparing the way for. I'm not concerned that every cycle of gluttony and faithfulness for the Israelites in Scripture does not end well. There are no lessons to learn for me. Society has told me that I've got everything and I'm doing just fine. All I need to do is buy more stuff. In just a couple of weeks, I will be presiding over the celebration of the birth of a young baby to a poor Middle Eastern couple who will soon attain refugee status and have to flee. And I am in no way 
ready to do that. The words of St. Basil the Great speak to me in times such as these. When someone steals another's clothes, we call them a thief. Should we not give the same name to the one who could clothe the naked and does not? The bread in your cupboard belongs to the hungry. The coat unused in your closet belongs to the one who needs it. The shoes rotting in your closet belong to the one who has no shoes. The money in which you hoard up belongs to the poor. I can hear John the Baptist's sentiment echoed in these words. People are coming to be baptized because they feel this will be the next step to affirm their existence before God. But baptism is anything but life-affirming. In fact, it is life-demanding as we try to follow the way of Christ. John the Baptist knows this, especially as Christ is the one he is preparing the way for. So rather than affirm their lives, he challenges the crowd. No, coming to baptism is not enough. You have to step up and do your part. You have to remove what keeps you from God, even if that means giving up a few things. Now, I've been asked this week online to sign a variety of petitions that speak out against what certain people are saying the hateful things about certain groups. But as John the Baptist reminds me and should remind all of us, we sign those petitions in our baptismal covenant. We had the baptism last week, and you might remember the words that we spoke when we renounced the devil and all of his empty ways. When we renounced the devil and the forces that defy God. That's what John is asking. To renounce the things that keep us from God and from following our baptismal call. He doesn't say that we're not good enough. He doesn't say quit your life and become a hermit. He doesn't even tell the Roman, and I find this the most interesting, he doesn't even tell the Roman soldier, the person at the top of the oppressor pyramid, to stop doing his job. But he tells everyone to surrender that one thing that keeps them from God. Now it's familiar to us who observe Lent and give up something, whatever, but as we walk through Advent, we don't just need to consider what is coming for us in Christmas. We must also consider how do we get ready? And John makes that statement loud and clear. You get ready by removing what keeps you from sharing God's love. Now, we do not need to do anything to merit God's love. That is taken care of for us by what Jesus did on the cross. Instead, John calls us to ask what keeps us to, from repenting. To not show up to church and assume that everything is okay, but to show up to church, being prepared to be called, gathered, and sent out into the world. As we learned, Chris, Chris and Jack and I, Chris and Jack are both out this week, but as we learned last week at our conference, God changes people, changed people, changed churches, and changed churches change the world. And that's what John is teaching us. Through all of his bioless rhetoric, and believe me, I, John, I would love to punch the guy in the face sometimes. But through all of his bioless rhetoric, through his anger, he is simply trying to move us past what keeps us from God. The stuff that we need to get rid of, not into storage, but out of our lives completely, that keeps us from fulfilling our baptismal covenant. So yes, please 
Enjoy this holiday season. Spend it with friends and family exchange gifts, but also heed the Baptist call. And remember that the commercial Christmas has nothing to do with the birth of Christ, the one who rejected the riches of the world for the sake of humanity. The gospel might not be the flashiest of Christmas gifts. I certainly can't find it on Amazon, no matter how good a deal. But the gospel is definitely one gift that you do not want to put into storage. Amen.